Welcome to the Know Your Audience podcast, meaningful conversations about what it takes to create engaging content from the people who are shaping the future of media. This podcast is powered by Kaya. Kaya is an audience insights platform built by publishers for publishers. The platform is designed to help you better understand your audience, track and increase engagement, and deliver a more targeted product. My name is Jenna Matecki, and I'm your host. Our next episode features Ian Bell and Dan Gall, the CEO and CTO of Digital Trends, a media company and consumer tech review site that has over 24 million unique monthly users. Listen to what Ian and Dan had to say about staying true to what you're passionate about, how a successful company means having a happy team, and the best new tech that's out there. Uh, Ian Bell, uh, CEO at Digital Trends. Uh, run day-to-day business. And I'm Dan Gall, I'm CTO, and I help Ian run day-to-day business as well, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> What's the two-minute version of what Digital Trends is? A consumer tech review site, for the most part. So um, we review, I think it's something like 15 products a, a week, yeah, which is quite a bit. I think uh, next to CNET, we're probably you know number two in that space. Uh, been around for about 10 years. When when you guys started this, were you just thinking it'd be really great if we could play with gadgets and gizmos every single day? Or what, what was the impetus yeah, for it? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I'll, give, I'll give the origin story. It's pretty funny. <laughs> um, so 2001, uh, we went to a mutual friend's wedding. And we hadn't met each other uh, yet at that point. But we were both in the buffet line to get food at the wedding. And there was this guy <laughs> in between us that had the cell phone. And I made a comment. I said, hey, that's a cool phone. Didn't know it was on the market yet. When did you get it? And he goes, oh, I work for Office Depot, and I get my hands on these you know, products before anybody else. I said, man, it sure would be fun to launch a, a product review site just to get gadgets in and, and have fun with this stuff. And this guy, you know, further up the line, leans forward, and he goes, oh, I know how to build a, web, build a website if you can get the products in. And that was Dan. And That's how we met. Yeah, and you were living up in Seattle. I was in Portland, and you, know, you were working at Real Networks. I was at Intel, and uh, we just stayed in touch, you know, and... The whole premise was literally just to get stuff in so that we could play with it. Because, <laughs> you know, the, the, problem, the problem, I think, with, with tech media, especially back in the day, is, you know, you had your old guard, like PC World, PC Mag, CNET, and the emphasis was always on benchmarks and specifications, and it never was on designer usability. And, um, you know, Dan and I both, I mean, we were, you know, self-proclaimed geeks for sure, but we're not sitting there, you know, drooling over the specifications all the time. It was like, you know, does it look good? Is it is it fun to use? What does it do for you? Right, like this is the AP2X9C. Exactly, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. And we were like, you know what, We, you know, there's definitely an, an opportunity here to go out and create a different tech site. Most tech sites back in the day were very PC focused. Focus. There wasn't much around televisions or cell phones. Home or theater. Anything like that. Yeah. Nothing like that. Well, a lot of them were like video cards, uh, hard drives, processors, cases, and then you would like a lot of the reviews were like twenty pages long with like charts. Yeah, falling asleep and, halfway through, and, right? Yeah. And we we saw that, and we were just like, "That's I mean, that stuff is cool. They ha- it has its own place, but that's not what we were passionate about. Granted, we were passionate about computers and things like that, but we were really passionate about you know TVs and and mobile phones were just starting to kind of like take off mm-hmm. and uh, and things like that so we were really interested in that right so would you say that you were trying to unpack all this information for average joe that just really likes these things and likes playing with them like you 
Yeah, you know, I don't, it, you know, we didn't really set out and say, hey, you know what, we're going to be a media company by any means. It was, <laughs> you know, we had regular day jobs. We came back. They ended, you know, throwing a site up using PHP Nuke, a really old CMS system. Uh, I don't even know if it's around anymore. And it literally was, here are my thoughts on this phone. Here's what I like about it. And just very rough. I mean, there was no um, kind of really direction around it. And pretty soon we got picked up by like Slashdot, which was, a, you know, a big site back in the day. Um, Dig, remember we, yeah, did, you know, we yeah. did hit on, on Dig and stuff like that. And early, early days of social media, really. I mean, was what what those sites were. You know, did you guys have a MySpace page? We no. did not have a MySpace page. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that we're willing to admit to, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> I might have had one or two. Yeah. You so, just use it for creeping. Just, just on that, just on that Tom guy, right? Yeah. <laughs> so now you guys are a media company. And right. I'm sure that a lot of your time is focusing on what makes a media company successful. What do you think about that? Like, do you, you know, I know that right now, you know, at least we would like to think that you guys are really successful in looking at your numbers. It's just incredible to see how far you've come. What do you concern yourselves with every day? What, what questions do you ask yourselves about the landscape and kind of where you want to go? Yeah, you know, um, you know, when we started out, it, you know, it definitely was passion driven. You know, we didn't understand things, uh, you know, around metrics and, you know, uh, time on site, and pages per visit, bounce rate, any of that sort of stuff. Um, but as we started to grow, it's, yeah, you ask yourself, how do we scale this? How do we make this into a real business? Um, you know, some of those passion articles do well, others don't, right? And you can either keep shooting in the dark and hoping you miss something, or you can really kind of, you know, look behind the curtain and find out what dials you need to turn to, to grow it into a real business. So, you know, on the one hand, everything's still very passion-driven, but you can get formulaic with stuff, right? It could be, you know, and, and I don't mean in, in like the SEO sense, but I mean, there's so many tools out there now that tell you, here's what people are interested in, here's what's, you know, trending, you know, on social media. And I think it's really, you know, part of it's, you know, hitting that through the digital trends lens and saying, you know, why would our audience care about this? And, you know, on the other end, you know, um, you know, you can, you know, of course there's SEO and, and, and whatnot there, but, you know, it has to all be driven by passion, you know. And, and I think also uh, staying true to who we are and what our vision is. Like, we're, we're not going to go, like, there's, there's, there are a lot of tools out there, but they may not be right for what our voice, what we want our voice to be, right? So right. it's making that, uh, we like to say editorial soup, right? So, like, yeah. it's, you know, you, you do a combination of, of pieces that, you know, it could be long form that you're super passionate about and it's like an art piece, you know, like a, a great edit piece. And other ones are really kind of meant to, you know, guide people. They're not necessarily so artistic, right? And and it's just a mix of those things and continuing to kind of evolve with the landscape and, and the tools that come out. I mean, there's constant things out there that we discover that will help us grow the business. And it's really trying to make those decisions whether it's worth the effort or not to put into those tools. And I, I definitely would add to that that we got lucky in the sense that Dan and I, in general, you know, we're like basic consumers, right? And normal dudes that like nice cars and, you know, cell phones that look good and they're reliable. We just want it to work. We're not going to figure the thing out. And, you know, um, guess what? That's the broadest audience of people out there across the U.S. So we didn't have to go very niche with what we're doing and saying, hey, you know, this is a very targeted audience and we just have to find all these people. It's really, wow, everybody's kind of sharing the viewpoints that we already have, right? You know, it's, 
writing about stuff that's aspirational and then writing about stuff that's attainable, right? We all dream, you know, we all grow up, you know, oh, we've got the Porsche poster on the wall, right? But at the same time, you know, as we're growing up as kids, we're going, I'm going to buy that used Honda Civic and I'm going to trick that thing out and that's going to be my <laughs> version of this Porsche, right? right. So it's, it falls back into those buckets of, you know, kind of dreaming, you know, after some stuff and then here's what you can, you know, afford and buy right now and, and have fun with. And, you know, everybody shares in that for the most part. It's pretty good. I would also say, too, uh, historically, when we started, if you looked at the internet back then and, and other pubs at that time, the people that were online and using it to read and, and catch up on news was not typically the general public, right? There's people that were a little bit more geeky tech and tech-savvy. Sure. Yeah, so, like, we always wanted to go after that general consumer and have that voice for the general population like people you know we wanted to make things easy and, and non-intimidating and um and now i think finally like over the last especially with smartphones and the popularity of smartphones has really brought the general public into the tech world and it's now consumer electronics and lifestyle right and yeah. that's i think we're in a great position for that so. yeah definitely Something that I love about what you guys are talking about is, is like, yeah, we have this passion, but it's also about really satisfying our reader and making sure that our reader is happy with it. And I think, at least our theory is that that nexus is authenticity and right. being true to who you guys are and how you started this and the people that you were when you started this adventure versus now. How do you stay authentic to your readers? Like, what are, what are the, you know, is it through a kick-ass content team that, you know, really knows how to write these pieces that cater to them or you know is it here are five five steps that every piece has to hit like what what's your formula for that you know it, so we don't get that granular I think on the formula um, you know a lot of it is make sure that our writers are excited first of all you know we want you to be here we want you to have a good time um, you know you know we keep going back to the, the whole passion thing you know, just go out there and do your thing, and, and you know, if people share in that excitement, then great. You know, if not, then you know we got to figure out what's going on. But you know, I, I feel like we haven't really had to, um, you know, do too much with that, to be honest. So you're just being yourselves. Just being yourself. I mean, authenticity. Uh, I mean, that's what it's all about. I mean, you know, we might do an article on a musician that nobody's heard of. Well, why do we do that? Well, the writer that we have here really is into this person and really excited and whatnot. So I mean, there, there's no harm in doing something like that and going oh, we didn't get X amount of page views on this, right? You hear about some of these other tech media sites and they have leaderboards up on the wall and chart beat and it's, you know, oh, whoever gets the most page views gets a bonus at the end of the week. And right. that's just ridiculous, right? I mean, that is, you know, you're it's creating. Conforming the, yeah, your it voice. really is conforming, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Conforming your voice to the best metric. I, I would say, like, over the years, we had to discover what we wanted our voice to be, like, originally Ian and I, and then... As we grew as a company, we always try to make sure that people understand what that voice is. Because if you if you don't, people will kind of write in their own style, and we really want them to kind of maintain um, a common voice of again, like what what we believe in, which is like you know again non intimidating, welcoming, uh, you know, getting fun. people getting people excited about new products, products yeah. that they've had for a while. You know, most tech sites will review a phone and they're like, we're done. What's the next phone? And for us, we really spend a lot of time saying, hey, you know, uh, uh, Jana's phone over here might be this older iPhone, but guess what? This new update does this, and, you know, get excited about your about your phone again. Yeah. And, um, you know. I would say, too, we don't want to be snarky. So the main thing is we want to draw people in and have them enjoy 
the experience of coming to the site and not feel like they got to be part of some club or something like that. And mm -hmm. if you're not and you don't understand the content, we don't want to make you feel bad. We want to help help you. So, yeah. Right. And ideal scenario is that they engage with it and they really read it and they share it with people. And do you see that your engagement metrics are high compared to, I mean, page views are page views. Right. But, like, people are actually engaging with the content and really, like, appreciating that authenticity yeah I think it depends on what the topic is right so um, you know again going back to that formula you know a lot of tech sites are oh we're only going to review the hottest products because we know we're gonna get traffic on that and I think for us it's introducing our readers to companies and products that they might not find anywhere else and saying, hey you know what there's this really cool Kickstarter company out here that's making wireless earbuds and you know what yeah maybe you don't get traffic on it because it's not an SEO, people aren't searching for it, but you know, kind of our mission is to introduce people to new stuff. Like, come here and discover, you know, what's happening. And you know, it doesn't have to be a huge company for that to happen. Yeah. Something I like a lot about your online personas is you guys always talk about your people. Say like, I work with the best people in the world, and I get to play with gadgets. And you know, these people are great. And, you know, looking at Instagram photos, you have like big group photo of your team at the State of the Union right yeah. before holidays and everyone looks genuinely happy. They get to play with gadgets all the time. I mean, I think that's awesome. Right. Can you tell me about your team? Who are the people that you seek out and, and why did you choose to work with them? Over sure. Others? So I would say we definitely have a culture of uh, autonomy, uh, a very flat structure that we have here. It's, you know, there's a few managers and it's like everybody else, which I think is great. Very family oriented, um, you know, uh, we have Ginny making cookies and you know testing out an oven. Hey, everybody, come in. We've got cookies in here. And testing out an oven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we do appliance <laughs> reviews as well, right? Yeah. And you have to use them, right? We're not yeah. just like consumer reports and lab coats going. Let's put the thermometer in here. I mean, we're we're making cookies and <laughs> using these products and having fun with it. And wait, you so you guys on, are on like segways, you know, trying out? <laughs> I mean, what, what, like, no, but we do have an electric motorcycle in the yeah. office. Yeah, and we get electric scooters in and things like that that people <laughs> ride around or ride them to work. Right. Like that. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, Let's I test mean, out the Splendor. Make a smoothie. No, yeah. totally. No, you know, totally. Laptop yeah. reviews, it's, it's you know, okay, we're throwing this in a messenger bag. We're using it for a month. Or, you know, or here we are on the Mac system and, you know, beating the snot out of this thing. And, you know, how does it, you know, how does it last? Does, it, you know, the battery do well? Yeah. That type of stuff. But, you know, as far as the culture, um, yeah, I mean, it's very family oriented. I mean, we're very emotionally, you know, attached to everybody here, which is great. And, you know, it's, it, I love it. They, you know, they start up the beer club every Friday. Yeah. You know, and people are all hanging out. Breakfast in the morning and things like that. You know, and and Ian and I try to, you know, spend time with everybody. Uh, you know, like Ian will try to find somebody to go to lunch with every day and things like that. Uh, I also have, uh, I think, over the years you've learned, right? Like, basically, learn from your mistakes. And I think one of the biggest things to learn is. Uh, Culture is so important. You don't want people in there that are poisonous to it. So I have a book on my desk that's called the No Asshole No Asshole Rule, uh, <laughs> and it's basically about you know hiring uh, you know and and if you get people that are assholes and poisonous to the culture, it destroys the company. Like it just people don't want to be there. So I think our whole thing is always we we want to hire people that we enjoy being around and that we want to work with, and you know. They, that, there has to be that cohesive unit. Right. And that's what makes people succeed and, and work and do good work and and um, enjoy each other. I think so. Fantastic. Yeah. So 
you guys have so many gadgets lying around here. I mean, we even we walked in, we saw piles of cardboard <laughs> for uh, you know for the new VR stuff that's happening. I'm sure you get asked this question a lot, but I'm still going to ask it. What are what's the best new tech out there, and what what can we be excited about going forward? I, you know, I would say I'm always on the fence with smartwatches and like fitness bands. Uh, I don't get super excited yet because while it's great at collecting all this data, it's not telling me what to do. Like I know I need to lose 20 pounds, so. You know, silly band, tell me, do I need to walk an extra 10,000 steps a day? Do I need to drink extra two glasses of water? What, what does that mean? What does that data mean? Right now, you just tell me, you know, how much I don't walk for mm. the most part. Context. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I think there's still a lot of stuff to be figured out there. Uh, you know, I get really excited about the home automation stuff. Uh, you know, I, I just did a review on the site, you know, uh, believe it or not, so right in, uh, once in a while. And it was a sprinkler system that you can tap into on your phone. And, you know, it... it it literally will not run on that day if it knows it's going to rain that day. So it saves huh. you water. It's pretty cool, right? You could put in the soil type, and it'll say, okay, you have clay in the front yard, so we're going to run the sprinklers for a few minutes, turn it off, let it absorb back on in a few minutes. That stuff gets me really excited. Um, I like I like drones. Yeah. I, I do like drones, and I think the... Dan likes to spy on people with drones. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like the new my, it's like the new MySpace. <laughs> no, I mean like I think what they're doing with drones is pretty amazing and and like at CES they had that uh, autonomous drone, single person drone. I mean that's everybody's been talking about like the flying car and you know people tried to invent some and you know there's all those weird you just don't know where that will really go. But then when a, a technology like drone, you know, starting out and you think oh it's a toy and then maybe now you can do like uh, video and photography, and now like as a possible way of tra you know transporting people, like it, that's awesome, right? I think that's so cool. It's like you know, it's like the sci-fi movies. You always think back, like it's this, this stuff of dreams. I don't know. I, I think that's amazing, and I'm and I'm excited. I don't want to fly in a drone. I don't want four blades around me. That kind of scares me a little bit. <laughs> right? Think about that. You got four <laughs> wheels, right? <laughs> I think uh, uh, there's a lot of stuff that's happening right now, and even uh, like the, the home automation stuff, but I think even in health uh, and autos uh, and then um, VR, I think it's kind of cool. I, I, don't, I think people are a little bit confused about where it'll go, but I, I, I personally was really excited about the HoloLens when Microsoft uh, announced that as a learning tool. I thought that was really, really a cool concept for that type of uh, medium, right? So a normal VR, like the Oculus Rift and stuff, I'm really curious to see where that goes in terms of what comes out with that. But So in other words, we're excited about everything, so. Yeah. That's really exciting. <laughs> you know, like TVs. And we keep rambling on about it. The good thing is like oh, we're TVs. Going TVs, TVs, like, if you would have asked me a couple years ago, you know, like, are TVs exciting? I'd be like, eh, not really. Like, it, w they're really not that exciting. But when I first saw a 4K OLED TV, I was absolutely blown away. Uh, that was a couple years ago, like right. three years ago at CES when like, I think Sony had like an 85 inch one or 70 inch, something like that. And I was just like, I, I just stood there mesmerized by it. And so now like those are becoming, people are buying them, but the content's not all there yet. Right. But I think when it does, it's just, that type of stuff is pretty cool too. Can you describe the ideal partner for a lot of the content that you're putting out? So your clients, you know, they really trust you and trust your ability to speak to your readers and, mm -hmm. and get them excited about these things. Who are the best people to partner with nowadays? I mean, this is, you know, main revenue, revenue streams are, you know, coming in this right. way. That's why publications are still, you know, kicking it. So who, who do you like to work with? Well, um, 
You know, we have actually a really long list of uh, companies that we syndicate to. So everything from Fox News, CNN, Yahoo, um, CNBC, yeah, CNBC, um, all the Amazon Fire products. You know, we have videos on there. We're on LG, Samsung TVs, Amazon Prime, <laughs> Amazon Prime. Yeah, um, something like twenty plus uh, TV news station sites. So I think the good thing about tech is. It's an easy uh, add-on for any media business, so to speak, um, and it's you know covering tech. I think could be hard if that makes sense, but I think a lot of these larger media companies get intimidated again about the partnerships and going. All right, well, you know, here's our audience over here, and now you know here's this tech site that's you know really hard to understand, and you know I think just bringing it down a level for us and for the, for the readers has really helped us with those partnerships. I'd also say technology itself has made it easier to partner with people. So I wouldn't say that there are still things that make a partner good and a partner not so good. And that is really kind of like the rules they've set up on their end. Um, so whether, I don't want to get too geeky, but like say like if, if they're syndicating full content, like whether they're giving you a canonical link back to the original source, things like that that are like Google friendly. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of technology now that just makes it super easy to share content with partners where, you know, a, a long time ago, everybody had their own format and their own way of ingesting content or distributing it. And you always had to create custom methods of, of working with people. So right. it was a lot harder back then. Yeah. Right. So we've covered the industry, we've covered right. internal operations, we've covered external operations, we've covered clients, we've covered the best reader that you could possibly have. If you were giving advice to yourselves as you were starting this, mm -hmm. right, so if you could go back in time and say, hey guys, remember this about starting a media company, what would it be? Oh gosh. Um, you know, I think for us, one of the toughest things was scaling the business, right? And that was, you know, you know, there's a number of things we've done to do that from covering various topics, you know, in tech. So from photography all the way to home appliances. Um, so I, I would have said, you know, looking back at that, I think it's easy to build a very niche audience very quickly when you're focusing on one thing. Mm. So I, I think for me, I probably would have said, you know, if we started over, let's just focus on one category and be the best and then start launching the others. And I felt like we started out of the gate with like four or five. We did, right? Yeah. Mobile phones, TV, and home theater. Stuff like that. And then it was really hard. You just spread your resources across various, you know, sections and whatnot. And it was really hard to scale those. Yeah, I, there's so many answers to that. Uh, <laughs> you know, like one of the things, like the first off, is staying focused. Like, don't be distracted. There's a lot of noise, and and competitors are always doing different in things, new things. So, don't let that distract you, and and stay true to what your course is. Um, the other thing was, you know, hiring mistakes. Like, it is so easy to make bad hires and have that hurt the business. So if you make those bad hires, remedy it as soon as possible. I think it's like another huge thing. Um, and then um, I would say, honestly, like uh, getting a clear communication and goal set and, and, and communicate that across the, the company so that people are informed of what you're trying to achieve versus you know, I mean, if you're studying a new company, there, there are things that you learn along the way, and I think communication is a really tough thing to get down correctly. Got it. Yeah. And what you're trying to achieve is the, the best tech coverage that's out there. In your minds, what does that look like? 
Yeah, you know, I think it's, you know, for the most part, it's having an, an impact and, and influence on that reader. So, you know, while we sit there and we say really broad coverage, you know, at the end of the day, we do have a certain demo. It's millennials and, you know, it's, you know, we kind of call it life stage, so to speak. And it's, you know, maybe this person that's been a few years out of school, they started to pay down some, you know, some school loan debt and going, hey, I get to go buy my, my first new TV, right? Yeah. Um, so good tech coverage is authentic. You guys are, you know, clearly talking about these things. There's no, you know, weird technical jargon. Right. Um, you get excited about it, right? If you're not excited about it, you're going to write a bad piece. Right, right. Anything else to add to that mix? You know, um, at the end of the day, you know, your readers, I think, are really the ones that are, are validating, you know, whether you're creating something that they like, right? And, you know, we have to just ask ourselves, you know, are we adding value, you know, in, in their lives? And the entertainment, you know, that, that they get out of reading about tech and learning about it. Um, you definitely have to have, you, you have to resonate with them. Because anybody can write and create content, um, but if nobody's interested in what you're saying, then what's the point, right? Uh, so I think really, I think having, we, first off, you gotta be passionate and interested in what, what you wanna do, but it also has to be a passion and an interest to your audience as well. So like making sure that, Whoever you're writing for, you're writing for them, right? Like it's not necessarily writing for yourself. So right. understanding your audience and, and, and being able to, again, communicate, I guess, to them, learning how to communicate to them effectively. Right, right, speaking their language. Exactly. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thanks for listening to the Know Your Audience podcast, episode three with Ian Bell and Dan Gall. Subscribe to Know Your Audience, Episodes release weekly every Tuesday at 12 p.m. Eastern Time on iTunes. You can learn more about the podcast at getkaya.com slash podcast. Until next week, know your audience, grow your audience.